0: Welcome, everyone, to the Stardom Cast. This is a podcast where we talk about all things about the fantastic wrestling promotion that is Stardom, and we do it in a positive and what I like to think, fun manner. This is episode 84. Give me some more. As you see in the description box, this is our complete wrap-up of this year's fantastic five-star Grand Prix. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Again, as you see in the description box and as I alluded to earlier on the week, I have a special guest. So you're probably wondering who did Matt Turner get to be the special guest for this fancy five star finale? I'm going to give three hints before I tag this person in. Hint number one he is the godfather of this podcast. Let that settle. Hint number two, there's nobody in this world I'd rather talk to Stardom about than this gentleman. And no, it's not Flirty Huzuki. probably a close second. That's another story for another day. So don't know? Okay, here is the dead giveaway. Hint number three, this person is the author of the book, <laughs> Living the Dream, Stardom's 10th Anniversary in Review, which you can get on lulu.com and amazon.com. Ladies and gentlemen, my good friend and yours, Mr. Robert Goodwin.
1: How you doing, man? You okay?
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, How are you, sir? I
1: mean, when you said you were going to do a ham-fisted segue, I'm, I'm honestly quite impressed. I'm honestly, like, how long have you been thinking about that?
0: Uh, literally, since the text you sent me that halfway, th- and we'll tell the, the how uh, you got back to come back on the podcast. The text you sent me when you said I would like to come back onto the podcast. It took me about forty seconds to if that, <laughs> and I'm like, I already know how I'm going to reintroduce Rob back to his show, and I have- I do I hope he not going to be upset about it because i got to get the plugs in and i did right from the (laughs) get-go
1: so that means that basically since the start of august I think, or mid mid, part way through august i think
0: yeah i think so how you been buddy i know we've been texting quite a bit back and forth as this tournament has been unfolding but uh man it's so great to hear your voice and so great you're back on the show how's how's everything on your end
1: oh thanks man it's good to be back um yeah it's 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 been an interesting couple of months. Um, You know, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I I suffer really badly with my mental health. Um, I'm not trying to be a martyr or gain sympathy or anything like that. It's just a case of, you know, I feel like it's important to talk about it because there's a horrible stigma that men just don't talk about their mental health. So, you know, I I was suffering really badly with it. I was in quite a bad place about two years ago now, about 18 months, two years ago. And I was like, "I, I need to recognize that I'm going I'm going too hard and if I carry on I'm just going to burn out so I had to sort of take a step back um, I sort of got myself to a place where I was okay I carried on watching Stardom and especially around the start of the five star I was like man I wish I was talking about this still and uh, I think it was night it was the first Corican night five I think and I was like I'm going to have to text him I'm going to have to text and then I was like obviously I'd been listening to the podcast an excellent job by the way like seriously okay. like You've been killing it, um, and I was like, "I hope he like, <laughs> hope he actually is okay with me coming back." Um, and then, yeah, that's just sort of how it's how it's all sort of fallen into place. How have you been, anyway?
0: Excellent, man. I mean, we talked a little bit before the show. It's been super busy, but in the legit best way possible. Um, you know, things are going really well. I've been really good. One, the one many of the positives about doing the podcast by myself, I have been able to manage my time better. And I've always been pretty good with that. But um, I think what really kind of happened with the podcast kind of getting off a tangent here, and I don't know if I told this story on this podcast or somebody else's podcast, it was once you kind of shut everything down and you put, you know, a tweet up on social media that you're getting off social media, you need to take care of yourself. And obviously, you talked to me about a week before earlier. And I was, of course, I was like, of course, Rob, you know, take what you need. I'm, I'm here for whatever you need. It's probably about an hour after you put up that post that I got flooded with, uh, with messages on my Twitter. Everything was real positive, but the, you know, Hey, if Rob needs anything, you know, we're here. Tell him we said hello. I would get at least one message a week. Tell Rob, I said hello. How's Rob doing? Are you still talking? Tell him I said hello. Oh, I just read his book. It's fantastic. So it was just like, you know, there obviously there's a market for you to, to, to come back. And honestly, I thought I was going to get a little bit of backlash for doing the show. Uh, without you, which everything has just been super, super positive. But the one thing I noticed in these messages was stardom and the stardom cast help people out so much. I had somebody tell me that this podcast helped them go through the death of their father and help them get them through, through the, their divorce. So that's when I was like, okay, I need to start talking about stardom again. One, I absolutely love it. Two, this podcast and stardom and the stardom, you know, this little company what's really not little anymore this little company in japan is helping people get through the worst times of their life so it was like okay that's when i need to do it and i was kind of just texting you back and i i I would always try to keep in touch with you you know just to make sure you're okay because you know i know we've never met and you're on the other side of the world and all bullshit aside i consider you know i've only really we've only really talked a handful of months i do consider you a really good friend uh i do probably text you more person than more more than other than maybe andy header maybe uh Uh, more than pretty much anybody um and you know obviously it's always glowing we're talking about whether it's you know music we like or stardom in general but anywho um my general idea was to kind of just do an offset of the stardom cast and you said no here's the username and password for everything it's yours it's yours and i was kind of taken aback by that i'm like okay we already have a built-in audience and i just wrote down a list of stuff that i wanted to do for the white belt and red belt tier Patreon members. And that's been just been getting, especially the red belt watch along. It's just, it's, it's just growing and growing and growing. There's so much positive feedback. And I thank everyone for that. But, uh, I remember we released the first show, and it was on a Friday, and uh, it came out midnight my time, which would be like 5 o'clock for you and wherever around, around the world. And I, I woke up around 5, 6 o'clock to go to the gym. No, earlier than that, I'm sorry. Around 5 to go to the gym, and I was already flooded with positive messages. So, I was like, this is unbelievable. And about four or five hours later, I got a text from you saying you listened to the show and you absolutely loved it. Matt. Seriously, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. That meant more to me than just about anything. Because if you do remember, when you handed me the keys of the kingdom – I told you, I promise you, I will not screw this up. I will take care of your baby. And for you to tell me what you just told me about a minute or two ago, that you're absolutely loving the work that I'm doing, dude, that means more to me than a flirty Hazuki. Told me that she's enjoying the podcast.
1: <laughs> I'm glad that I'm just about above Flirty Hizuki in the uh, in the totem pole of stardom people that you talk to. <laughs> y-
0: you've done it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but I'll be honest when when I sort of took a step back, I I thought I was done. I was like, right, handed everything over to Matt. I'm I'm done, and uh, I didn't see me coming back at all. Um, but you know, here I am, and I'm raring to go. So. Yeah, I'm um, I'm here for the free podcast, the one that airs every week. I'm going to be I'm going to be here for that, but the Patreon, that is still very much your baby man. You've been doing an absolutely outstanding job and I honestly cannot wait to hear all of the stuff that you're going to do with that Patreon cuz you've been doing an absolutely amazing job, my friend.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh really the other condition Rob wanted to on coming back is he goes After I told them, sure, you can come back on your podcast that you started. (laughs) And I do have the tagline, it's not just my podcast, it's our podcast. And I legit mean that. That's not only, and I don't like calling our listeners fans anymore. They're really family and friends just by the interaction. And just by how much love that this podcast gets. But I was like, then you said, can I come back and host? And I was like, I can't believe the nerve of this guy. The fact <laughs> that I'm going to let him back on his podcast and he wants to host. And I was like, Rob, a thousand percent, of course. But I remember like we were kind of, and I would always check on you from time to time. And there were sometimes I wouldn't get a response or and I'm like, OK, I, I understand. I have family members that are kind of somewhat in the same boat. I get it. But just let him know I'm here if you want to talk. You know, oh, how about this? Awesome Mariah saya Kamatani match. You know, we'd you would get back to me from time to no problem. And then I noticed once the five star started happening, I was getting texts every day. And then there was more and more as like night two, night one, night two. And then we got to the Cork and Hall show. And I just – my wife grabbed my phone. and She's like, you have all these texts from Rob. She's like, what's going on? I was like, he's going to come back. She, I, said, <laughs> he, I said, he's going to – I said, how, I said, this is literally the hottest Stardom's ever been. They're the best promotion in my opinion in the world by a mile and a half. I said, he's going to come back. I was like, I think he's going to come back. Then I think it was the next day you're like. How do you feel about me coming back? And i like, yeah, I saw us coming a mile away. Come on in, brother. <laughs> the, do- the door's always been open, you know? The door's always been open. But again, I am so glad that you're back to the show. Um, I know so many of our listeners are going to be so jazzed that you're back on the show. As We have uh, more than just a Patreon, We have a lot of really cool things lined up. So I guess what it's time for me to do now, uh, Mr. Goodwin. Again, you know I'm a tag team wrestler, so here's what I'm about to do. That's the hot tag, sir. Come on and back in. Take over the show, sir. And if uh, you get bumped around a little, just tag me back in.
1: Of course, man. Of course. We'll see how it goes. It it might go well. It might go terribly. I will just say before I start with all the news coming out. of the uh, fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Before I go into all the news from the press conference today, I just want to say I'm really sorry to anyone that was disappointed by me being the special guest. (laughs) You know, people thinking, oh, my God, who has he got? Is he talking to, you know, some of these stardom legends? Nah, no, it's just me. I'm really sorry if that's disappointed anyone. Um so let's let's kick into a little bit of the news. Obviously, we're gonna be talking a little bit about um the absolutely phenomenal five-star final, which I got done with last night. I wanted to watch it on the day, but I was down in London watching the Royal Quest night one show. Um in typical Rob style, um, I went for the one night where there wasn't a stardom match, but it was absolutely awesome. And once it goes up on New Japan World, um, I actively encourage anyone to go and watch the FTR versus Aussie Open match. It's perhaps, well, it's definitely the best match I've ever seen live, but it is just an incredible, just exhibition of tag team wrestling. Two of the best teams on the circuit at the moment, and just absolutely brutal, just. Incredible, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because we are heading into the Goddess of Stardom Tag League, um, and that is going to be starting on October the twenty third, running all the way through to December the fourth. The teams and the blocks were announced this morning on the press conference that also saw an absolute raft of announcements, but I'm just going to go through the blocks. Um, and you'll notice there's one very glaring omission, um, but we'll start with the blue goddesses block. And we have the team of Maywe and and Momokogo called Peach Rock. We have got the team of Suri and Tomoko Inaba, the karate brave team. The Goddess of Stone Tag Champions, Tam Nakano and Natsupoy called Meltier Um Aphrodite, Yutami Hayashishta, and Saya Kamatani. Um The Return of Tekla, which is excellent. Tekla and Julia, the team of Mafia Bela? Bella. Mafia Bella, I think. I think anyway. That's it. You got it. Yeah, um it. Saki Kashima and Fucking Death. I love Tokyo Sports. Uh, Black Desire, the team of Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid, and perhaps my favorite ever tag team name, My MAI, Fair Lady, Mei Sakurai, and Lady C. So that's your blue block. Um, and then in the red block, we have got uh, Fukuoka Double Crazy, the current Goddess of Stardom Tag League champions. Uh, the return of Wingori, Hanan, and Saya Ida. Um, the team of Saki and Mina Shirakawa, Kawild Venus, Azumi um, and Miyu Amasaki, O2 Line, Mihimi, Mika and Himika, BMI 2000, the returning Natsukatora, one of the biggest pops of the entire final for me, and Rewaka, Um, the Neo Stardom Army team of Nene Takahashi and Yu, that are going to be called Seven Up, and the New Eras Mirai and. Im sorry. now, obviously the huge um omission for me and for anyone that saw um, Armani shoe exchange's tweets, um, are there any sort of early favorites for the Goddess of Star tag league and I have put all my eggs in the pink kabuki um, basket, and sure enough, in true rob style and in true prediction style, uh, yougisayaka, not in the tournament at all um so matt aside from pinkabuki who do you like the look of do you like the look of the blocks who are your early favorites to take the tag league
0: yeah i was i've just been so busy i started everything super early today I'd looked on Twitter for a hot second and I noticed that Mina was teaming with Saki. And then literally I just got done recording a uh, a podcast uh, with Scotty Wrestling. Right before that started, Darren Chan, phenomenal contributor to the show, sent me a message and said that Unagi was doing freelance work. And I, I mean, you were talking back and forth how they were a favorite, if not to win the tournament, but to pretty much put on a heck of a showing but my favorite, even if Pink Kabuki was in the tournament, uh, especially based on what happened on the final night of the five-star Grand Prix, is Micah and Himika. Um, one, I'm excited for them to have some tag matches because they really haven't had any straight-up tag matches uh, this year. It's mostly been like my Himapoy or tag stuff or single stuff. And we were supposed to get on the uh, Stardom X Stardom show, Mike and Himika versus Mariah and Amisori. And then Kari came down with COVID and it shook up the whole card. So those are my favorites. That's my favorite team to win the tournament. I'm also looking really forward to Shuri, Shuri and Inaba because it's like they're going to be throwing a lot of kicks. And I believe they're again, I don't have the brackets up here. And again, another reason I'm so happy that you're back, buddy. So happy that you're back. <laughs> are they in the same bracket, Shuri and Inaba with Momo and Starlight Kid? Uh
1: yes, they are. They're both in Blue Goddess.
0: Oh block. man. That yes. I'm I'm excited for this whole tournament. Um that's was kind of uh um I'm a big fan of the team named Peach Thunder. I think Mayu and Momo Kogo is going to be. I think they're going to steal a lot of a lot of shows there because I think, momo kogo is just absolutely fantastic and mayu we would see when they would do some of the stars six person or eight person stuff that whenever they would kind of break down into tag stuff that mayu and momo kogo had some really really good chemistry so i think they're going to be like the surprising team coming out of it but my pick to win it all uh right now it's not set in stone but if i'm just throwing it out there um would be mike and himica
1: buddy i'm I'm with you hundred percent there. They're the team that Oh, immediately- we're right back on
0: the train. <laughs> we're right back on the train. <laughs> it
1: it they're the team that stood out for me straight away. Um having watched their um block final match um on night twenty of the um five star They have such good chemistry with each other. I think them versus the new eras, Mirai and Amisuri is going to be an absolutely fantastic match. Um, Them versus Neo Stardom Army, 7-Up, that's going to be a really, really good match. Um, Them versus Fukuoka Double Crazy, it's going to be a really, really good block. I think it could be them versus Black Desire, potentially, Um, because looking at the Blue Goddesses block, you've got some really good teams there. But that maybe... Tam Nakano and Natsupoy, obviously, they are the champions um, at the time of recording, obviously. Maybe Julia and Tekla. Um, but yeah, I do see Micah and Himika coming out on top of that. Um, we'll have some more, obviously, around the tournament when, closer to when it starts on the 23rd of October. But in sort of conjunction with that, um, we have some more information and some more matches in terms of crowning the first ever IWGP women's champion. Um, On the second night of Royal Quest, um, Alpha Female defeated Ava White, so she will be facing... Kairi Hojo, or just Kairi, um, on the 23rd, which is the first night of the Tag League um, in Takikawa, I believe. I think, anyway, I think it's the Tokyo Arena. Um, those two will be main eventing. It will also feature the other semi final, which will see the winner of Mayu Iwitani and Momo Watanabe and Yutami Hayashishita and Himica. Um their semi, their sort of quarterfinals will be on the twenty second of October at Corican Hall. So the winner of those two matches will face each other, with the winner facing the winner of Kyrie and Alpha Female at Historic Crossover. Um, I know we've texted a little bit about this, Matt, and I'll go into a little bit more detail about those two cards in a moment, but. Who is your favorite to win the IWGP women's championship? Obviously, huge sort of hole in the card. The fact that Mayu Ibitani is not on that card at the moment. I would be very surprised if Stardom don't use this opportunity to run Mayu versus Kyrie. Uh, I
0: think Roman Reigns is going to win the <laughs> uh, Yeah, I think the uh uh I think it's clearly, I mean, it could be wrong, With me, Mayu versus Kari. I mean, that's going to be on that giant show where you're going to try to sell 15,000 tickets. Uh, obviously, there's going to be more eyes on stardom because New Japan is going to be there. And if you want, you want to put your best match there. So people are going to know Kairi. Um, one, you know, she's one of the biggest stars in the history of the company. And two, you know, again, she's coming off that, you know, pretty successful WWE run. And three, she's fantastic. And then Mayu is just Mayu. So... And they also announced that the first title defense is going to take place at the Tokyo Dome. I think you put all your eggs into the Mayu basket. You're kind of not doing anything with her uh, anyway. And a lot of that just has to do with the fact that the top of the card is so jam-packed. That's like, yeah, we're just going to take our big name and this is what we're going to do. But I think it's going to be Mayu and Kari. And I tell you what, I, those matches, the, all those matches sound tasty. And I'm telling you, I'm a big fan of this Neo Stardom Army. They are bring something completely different to the show for, uh, stardom. And I think that Kyrie alpha female match is going to shock a lot of people. I think it's going to be a lot better than people think. And I'm super excited for, uh, alpha female to come back to the company because then we're going to see matches like her versus mama Watanabe and Sherry. And you can imagine her and Hazuki just kicking each other's faces off. Like there's so much more potential now because you have a completely different dynamic with those three ladies, uh, coming, uh, coming back to stardom.
1: I do like the dynamic of uh, the Neo Stardom. My one sort of nitpick about that is I've I've never been a massive fan of the whole we're going to be part of this company to sort of tear it down. It it I don't know why it's always sort of it hasn't really connected with me. That might just me it be a me thing, um, but you know we're tearing this company down despite the fact that they're paying our contracts. But even so, having that big heel group of all you know, including two former world of stardom champions i think that's a really cool thing to have in your company especially if you're going to have them running through some of the newer icons i mean we've got alpha female versus mayu already locked in for the third of november which is a card i'm going to go through in a moment so if that's the route they're going sort of destroying the newer talent or attempting to anyway i think that could be a really really cool storyline um the rest of the card then for the 22nd of October from Corican Hall is as follows. Uh, tag team match with Hanna and Momokogo taking on Saki Kashima and Natsuka Tora. Um, we've then got a tag match. Micah and Tekla taking on Starlight Kid and I've missed out who Starlight Kid is with, but an Oeditai team. Um, we've then got an eight-woman tag with the Cosmic Angels team of Tamnakano, Natsupoi, Mina Shirakawa, and Wakazuki taking on the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Lady C, Hina, Kamitani, and Azumi. And then we have got the six-woman tag, God's Eye taking on Koguma, Saya, Ida. And Hazuki from Stars. And then the three top matches we have got a tag match, the Neo Stardom Army Nene Takahashi and Alpha Female taking on Julia and Mei Sakurai. And then those aforementioned quarterfinals of the IWGP Women's Title Tournament, Utami versus Himika and Mayu versus Momo. Um, as for the 23rd, the following night, as I've already said, we've got the the sort of semi-finals of the IWGP Women's Tournament. So we should know who the final is going to be coming off the back of that. This is the first night of the Goddess of Stardom uh, tag league so we've got uh, FWC versus Neo Stardom Army uh, we have got Azumi and Miyu Amasaki taking on Wingori we have got Mina Shirakawa and Saki Kawild Venus taking on the BMI 2000 team of Tora and Ruwaka. we have got a very tasty match in uh, Tam Nakano and Natsupoi, Melty are taking on Mafia Bella, Julia and Tekla. Um, Mei Sakurai and Lady C, my fair lady, taking on We Love Tokyo Sports, Saki Kashima and Fukikan Death. And then we've got the two IWGP Women's title tournament semifinals. Is there anything else you want to talk about in regard to the Tag League before we run down the announced card for the Hiroshima Goddess Festival, match?
0: Uh, I'm a little disappointed that, oh, my, Julia's not in the tournament. But I understand <laughs> what they're doing with, you know, poor Techla like gets injured. She has this really banger of a year. She's going to get a little bit of a push going into the tournament. Uh, she gets hurt. So it's like, well, we're just going to put her back with Julia, who's literally probably the hottest thing in all professional wrestling, coming off the five-star. But, no, I'm really, really excited. A uh, lot of information coming out. I'm going to have to sit down one of these days and really kind of just Break it down, but uh, I'm super. We're literally going from one fantastic tournament to another one, and uh, by no means that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing.
1: Absolutely. Sorry, I was eating a blueberry. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, we then head into uh, what is going to be Stardom's next big show, which on th- is on Thursday, the third of November, the Hiroshima Goddess Festival, and that card was also announced this morning at the press conference, and that is as follows. Obviously, it's Hiroshima, so it's Konami's hometown. So we've got Konami with um, Mirai and Ami taking on the DDM team of Julia Teckler and Mei Sakurai. Um, we have got an, uh Gauntlet tag team match with FWC, uh, Sayurida and Momokogo, Azumi and Miyu Amasaki, um, Lady C, um, and then Saki and Ruwaka. Um, Singles match between Himika and Yuna Mizumori. We've then got three title matches in um, Goddess of Stardom title match between um, Meltia and Black Desire. Um, Sayaka Matani will defend her white belt against Mina Shirakawa. Um, And then Suri will defend her red belt against Micah. We've then got two special singles matches. Mayu Iwatani taking on Alpha Female. And then the return revenge match with Natsukatora facing Utami Hayashishta in singles action. What jumps out to you there, Matt, aside from obviously, you know, Suri and Micah?
0: Uh, everything, really. And I think that with those two special singles matches, I think you got to put the heels over. I don't think you defeat Alpha Female in her first really, really big match coming in, coming back. And the same thing with Tora. I think Tora's got to go over Utami to kind of get some steam up to keep that story going. Now, the, again, I only checked the card real quick. So that uh Tan Poi versus um, uh, Starlight Kid and Momo, is that for the tag belt or just the tournament match? Uh, I believe it's for the titles. Okay, because that's the graphic that I saw. But I was like, well, I wonder if they're going to do it as – are you. You can do it as both, but regardless, um, that is, and then Mina, Mina and Sayakamitani. I've been singing Mina's praises since before the tournament. Um, Obviously, if you've been listening to the podcast, first of all, thank you. Um, Second of all, I brag, not brag. I basically um <coughs> waved the Mina flag saying she's the most improved wrestler of the year, not just in stardom, but in any wrestling company. And I know me and you have been texting back and forth that literally every time she's been going out in the five-star, it's like, that's the best Mina match. So that's the best Mina match. That's the best Mina match. The best Mina match was definitely the Saya Kamatani match. And they did a great job planting the seeds that after Mina beat Saya, we've been seeing these champions lose on roll ups. We see Shuri, you know, she lost three matches in the tournament on roll ups, where I thought Mina was going to beat Saya, but I thought maybe she would use the glamorous collection. Mina, she beat her straight in the middle of the ring in Cork and Hall with the implant DDT, followed up with a disgusting glamorous Mina driver and then they did a great job by when they gave Saya the belt when she's going to go leave Mina grabbed it and that was your shot so uh again as great as that match was I think it's going to be better because they're going to give them more time to tell their story which is going to give more time for Mina to build up the psychology on Saya Kamatani's legwork so, that is the match that I'm looking forward to, probably even more than Cherry and Micah. I don't know, the a coin heads you win, tails you win on that one.
1: <laughs> I think with Julia announcing that she was going after Siori and the red belt at uh, Stardom Dream Queendom, I think it's sort of nailed on that any red belt defense between now and then is probably going to result in a Siori retention. Either way, that match with Micah is going to be absolutely excellent. Mina Shirakawa which we're going to be talking about when we do our wrap up I think she had four absolute bangers in a row I think she had Julia then Ami then Mirai and just all three of those then she followed that with Saikamitani and Natsupoi and she's just gone to this all new level of destroying people's likes and I absolutely love that I think she's really really improved she's really found her niche in that style of match Um in terms of Mayu versus Alpha Female, completely agree with you. I think you've got to keep Alpha Female strong, especially if, as we've both sort of alluded to, we think that she's probably going to lose to Kyrie in the semifinals of the IWGP Women's Tournament. So you've got to give her that big comeback win. And, you know, we saw with her match with Yoshiko, Mayu was going to ragdoll So she's going to really, really put over just how strong and dominant Alpha Female is. So that's going to be really exciting. Couldn't agree more. You bring Tora back. She's been out for a year, over a year, in fact. She's going to come back. She's going to run through his army, 100%, because that match that they were going to have at Yokohama Dream Cinderella in summer, that was threatening to be an absolutely outstanding match before that freak injury. So I am really, really looking forward to that. Um. Before we head into our wrap-up of the five-star, the final thing that got announced um, is New Blood 5, which is going to be taking place on the 19th of October in Shinjuku Sumitomo Hall, in Tokyo. And that also means it is the fantastic return of Rob Butcher's Joshi names. So, are you ready for this card, ladies and gentlemen? Um, we have got. I'm gonna,
0: yeah, real, real quick, Rob, I, again, I know you've been listening to the podcast. Whenever I do these new blood shows, I would literally either put you over or curse you. I'm like, man, this is why I miss. This is where I miss Rob. I miss Rob a lot. This is where I miss him the most. This is where I miss him the most. Literally, it would get to a point where I'd write them down before I'd podcast. I'd sound them out like I was a first grader, like literally. And I was like, I'm just gonna go for. it. I'm just gonna go for it. So, uh, go ahead, buddy. Go, do, do, do do your gimmick, kid. Go ahead.
1: It's all right. This one's this first one's really easy. Um, so we're going to open with a future of Stardom championship match with Hammond taking on Amisori which is going to be very very good. Um we've got Momo Kogo versus Rhythm from Just Tap Out. Um we have got a singles match with Mei Sakurai taking on Chanyota from PPP Tokyo. Never heard of that promotion, but there you go. Um, tag team match with Lady C and Hina taking on Suzu Suzuki and Kyo Chamu from Shinshu Girls. Again, no idea, but there we are. Uh, six woman tag follows that with Mina Shirakawa, Wakasukiyama, and Yuna Mizumori versus um, Linda, Rina, and Ram. I believe. So that's the six woman tag. Got another six woman tag as well with the God's Eye team of Mirai, Tomoka Inaba, and then Nanami from Diana taking on the Aweratai team of Starlight Kid, Riwake, and then uh, Haruka Yumasaki again from Diana. Um, obviously I'm not familiar with the vast majority of names there, unless they're from stardom. And of course, the people who featured before, Um, this Future of Stardom Championship match. Um, hannon has been on somewhat of a tear with this championship. I mean, she's had the most title defenses. She's on 10 title defenses at the moment. She's the third longest reigning um, title holder. And she's literally a couple of days within sight of um, Starlight Kid at number two. Do you see Amisori taking the belt here?
0: Yeah, I think for two reasons. I think you kind of need to do something with Ami after she had the two, um, three uh, unsuccessful championship uh, attempts with Mirai. You know, they had the drought, FWC, then they lost to FWC, then they lost to uh, Tampoi. Um Not only that, but I think it's time to move Han and on, especially after. And again, we're going to get into this with a five-star wrap-up. But Hanna was just super impressive. And I kind of had a feeling she was going to be considering coming off how good of a future starter match she had with Waka. And then she had that draw with Innova. And then it's like, oh, okay. There's way more towards her here. And when she got announced for that blue block, you're like, okay, she's going to be in there with Julia and Mirai and Mayu and Sayaka you know, she's going to blow it out of the water. So I think it is the best for both. This way you give Ami Sori a championship and you can do something completely different with her. And then you're going, and it gives another belt and more credibility to God's eye and then you can start moving Hana up the card. Because, like, if Saya Kamatani is still champion going into next year, you build Hana up, maybe you do a Saya Kamatani versus Hana white belt match or an Izumi versus Hana uh, high-speed match. There's so much that you can do with her um, or, you know, build her up for uh, for a tag title match. But I think that, um, you know, you, there's an old saying, you want to leave the party before the party's over. You don't want to dry out this championship run from Hana. It's been absolutely fantastic. But I think it's time to move on and move up to uh, to something else for her.
1: Yeah, absolutely, because there's only so much more she can sort of achieve with the belt. Like I say, she's already well and far ahead of the leading pack. Sorry, with title defenses, and unless they're going for the longest single championship reign, which you know she's still got a hundred or over 150 days, because I think the longest reigning is Utami with 409 days. So unless you are going for that. There's there's nothing real left Hanan, nothing really left that Hannon has to prove. So, put the belt on Ami, let Ami have a go with it. I do like what they're doing with the future of Stardom Championship and like sort of using it on these new blood shows and sort of using it to spotlight other young talents in other companies. I think that's a really good thing that they're doing. So keep that going with Ami Suri by all means, but I do think Ami takes the belt here. I'd be very surprised if Hannon retains. Um, and then let's kick into the five star, my man. I mean, what a tournament! What a tournament! Yeah.
0: Uh, before we, I guess, Rob, why don't you just break down for the uh, fantastic friends and family of the Stardom cast what exactly what we're doing on this review with like the top ten and the letter grade? So this way they they know what they're jumping into with us.
1: Of course. So basically, what we're going to do here is we are going to each give our top ten matches. Um, I'd be very surprised if our number one is different. Um, our top five shows of the tournament top five overall performers and then we're going to go through each of the performers in turn through blue uh, blue stars red stars and we're going to give them a letter grade Um, we are going to go A to F there is a spoiler no one's getting an F But we're going to sort of give our overview of where people stood, what sort of tournaments they had, whether they were slightly disappointed, whether they massively overachieved, whether it was a coming out party for them, whether they just went balls to the wall for the entire tournament. That's sort of where we are going with this. So, Matt, shall we start first with our top 10 matches?
0: Whatever you want to do, they're good, sir.
1: Let's start with our top 10. I want to hear your top 10 matches first.
0: Now, to give you an idea, just give everybody the headspace. Not that I want anybody in my headspace. You don't want to be there. (laughs) I literally wrote down in my tablet, because you know me, I take notes. I did the letter grades. Uh I did my uh, top. I know we're doing top five performers, but I did top 10 performers, top five shows. And then I'm trying to figure out what I want to do for top 10 matches. I literally closed my notebook because I didn't want to overcomplicate and confuse myself because we could have done a top 50 because this tournament was so damn good. So I uh, kind of just went upstairs and I kind of just removed myself from all my notes and I just literally just went off memory. So my top 10 ma- uh, matches, so number 10 would be Suzu Suzuki versus Saya Kamatani.
1: Yeah, really, really, really good match. Re- I mean, Suzu Suzuki, considering she was over for 2 at the start, like she was another one who just had banger after banger after banger.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. She was, yeah, she was, uh, she was absolutely fantastic. And the guy yeah, I've seen so many people's top tens, top fives, and a lot of people's are different. And you just can't argue with really any of them because it, it was such a dynamic tournament. So, yeah, that was my top 10. So uh, now, how do you want to go? Do you want to go top 10 next? Um, you do your 10 and then I'll go nine or.
1: Yeah, sure. Let's do that. So my 10 is the time limit draw between Julia and Maya from night 13. Um, just. It was just a brutal slugfest, and that spot where both women just started throwing each other over the over their own heads, and then just standing up and doing the same again. It just carried on and carried on. It took a. It must have taken a gargantuan amount of restraint for. Uh, Rossi Ogawa not to litter this tournament with time limit draws and for us to wait until Julia and Mayu, um, on night 13 without a time limit draw. Um, I think props to the hatted man himself, but this was, this was brilliant. I loved this match and it was, it was literally an extended gif, and I absolutely loved it.
0: Yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. And, uh, I thought it was genius that we had 13 matches in the final night and we had three draws, but one was a double count out. One was a double knockout. And one was a time limit draw. So I thought that was great that he was able to kind of shuffle up the draws that way. Um, but yeah, I I'm, I'm interested to see how many matches are in each other's top 10 and we'll have to text each other our top 10 list afterwards. So we can kind of giggle about just how in sync we are. <laughs> but uh, my, uh, and I don't mean the pop band from the nineties in sync, but anywho, who uh, my number nine um, I guess we saw some forearms go bye, bye, bye in this match. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, uh, Micah versus Himica. Speaking of uh, uh, time limit, or uh, uh, Draz. But yeah, Mike and Himica from the final night. The double knockout. Double knockout. Yes, sir.
1: Yeah. It was just, I said before when we were talking about the goddesses of stardom champ, uh, tag tournament, they were so, the, the chemistry between the two was absolutely phenomenal. And, Honestly, it just it was the perfect crescendo to what they did. It was the perfect amount of time. You know, both women looked better coming out of this match. It did exactly what it needed to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Um my number nine is Matani versus Marai. Ironically, another time limit draw. Um Matani's had for by her standards this year, where she's had such a fantastic year, she's had a relatively quiet tournament. And what I mean by that is she's either had really, really, really good matches or sort of, you know, just under the radar matches. She hasn't had a bad tournament by any stretch of the imagination. But this was just another one where you just... Reminded, oh my God, Saya Kamatani really can go. And just watching her ragdoll for Mirai, just some of those lariats that Mirai threw. I mean, the entire tournament, never mind just this match, but this match in particular, and Saya Kamatani taking a leaf out of the Dolph Ziggler book of selling, just absolutely flopping on the deck like a fish. Every time Mariah beheaded her with one of these lariats, it was just one of the most brilliantly entertaining 15 minutes I've spent watching start a stardom match in a good
0: long time, Matt. Yeah, their uh, championship match from, uh, I believe it's Flashing Champions, is probably going to finish in my top 10 overall, not just stardom, but overall matches of the year. And this match um, uh, did not make my top 10. That's how great this tournament was. But this match was like like a light version of it. But yeah, this is, there was a spot where Sai is going on the top rope, and Mirai knows that's the spot that she does not want to be in with her down with Sai on the top rope. And Mirai uh, just lariats Sai Kamatani right to the back of the neck. And Sai Kamitani just takes this bump. And me and you text about it quite often that Sai Kamitani is the new Mayu Iwatani. And by that means, she's going to get the belt over, she's going to get the match over, she's going to get an opponent over, and she's going to scare the living daylights out of everybody because we think that every time she has a big match, Match, she's going to get her neck broken.
1: Absolutely. And to be perfectly honest, if, you're, if you've got a champion like that who is going to elevate not only herself and the belt, but also her opponent as well, keep the belt on her for years. That's yes. that's absolutely fine by me because she's just got it. And again, we talked about Mina Shirakawa and how much she's improved recently. Sayakamitani, the improvement in her in the last two years is just unreal absolutely yeah, she's, unreal
0: she's my overall wrestler of the year she's uh she's she's leapfrog tanahashi okada Aspre, Shiri, uh, as we're recording this the first week of october i'm giving me three months left but she's my wrestler of the year uh so far this year but um uh, moving on to number eight would be hazuki versus starlight kid when i watched this match and i was taking notes i had to rewind um Rewind my Stardom World four or five times because I just couldn't keep up with it, and it deserved all the notes. There was this one spot where they're getting towards the end, and Starlight Kid is finally starting to build up some momentum, and she goes to jump up onto the second rope like she's going for the uh, the lion salt. And Hazuki, as she's coming back, Hazuki pump kicks her leg out so this way, to like to cut her off. I'm like, that's just so genius! Like, yeah, if you can do all the high five, but if you only have one foot and you're coming off momentum, guess what's happening? You're landing on your head, and then. Hazuki drops her on her head with the Hazuki driver and then the Mijinoka driver for the finish. But I just remember I had to rewind this so many times. And I think it was either Amber or Lily where they were walking through the room, like, why are you watching the same thing over and over again? I'm like, because I keep missing all the <laughs> stuff that's going on. But the, yeah, that match just completely blew me away. And it's a match that I hopefully somewhere down the line, I run back. But yeah, my number eight, Hazuki versus Starlight Kid. It's a
1: fantastic match. It's a fantastic match. But My number eight is Suzu Suzuki and Momo Watanabe. Um, 916, and you just sum it up with one word, kicks. Just these two went to town on each other. And Suzu Suzuki's run in her last like six, seven matches was just ungodly. And then you've got Momo Watanabe, who (laughs) she did the anti saki where she would beat sort of all of the big people, but would then lose to people you would not expect her to lose to. Um, But like Sayurida, for example, you wouldn't necessarily expect her to lose to Sayurida, but here was another example of just how hard Momo Watanabe can kick. And then to be met with someone who can kick as hard, if not harder, and just laughs in the face of pain like some sort of absolute behemoth in Suzu Suzuki. I just loved it. Absolutely loved
0: this match, Matt. There was levels in not only that match, but like the last four or five matches from Momo where she was like Queen's Quest Momo. Like it was like, oh boy, she's really she's going into those bags of tricks and with the kicking and the selling and the and there's that one spot where we, I've talked about it on on this show several times where that wrench is like her downfall and I'm the biggest momo Watanabe fan in the world and she'll be getting a match going she brings out the wrench and I just audibly groan well this is the only time that she brings out the wrench and then Suzu takes it off her and then she just hits her with it like insanely stiff hard. I was like, Jesus Christ, what's going on? Do we got heat here or what? But she just <laughs> drilled her with that wrench. But yeah, that match was absolutely brutal. Um, uh, Just a, an absolute fantastic match and fantastic performance between the, those two ladies. So excellent pick, my friend. Uh, we move on to my lucky number seven and it's another starlight kid match. It's starlight kid versus Julia from the main event from the cork and hall show. Just the like intensity, of these two like starlight kid comes out she does her fancy entrance she does the split on the apron and julia's like nope enough of this bs and just drags poor starlight and you almost feel like starlight kid's supposed to be the heel in this match but you almost feel bad for her because like julia just starts beating on her she starts ripping out her mask very similar to their wonder of stardom championship uh uh match which you can listen to if you're a patreon member as I did the julia uh belt review keep a little plug there um and then it gets, comes into like a mini DDM versus a widow type brawl. And then they go back in the ring. You just have a stellar, stellar match.
1: It's my number four. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, I, these two have such fantastic chemistry in the ring and you're right. There are so many little callbacks to that wonder of stardom championship match from February, 2021, I think. And I was a massive fan of that match as well. Um, But here you've got that growth in Starlight Kid and, you know, we saw that edge to Starlight Kid in that match back in 2021. But here she was giving Julia everything back. Julia started hot, but then Starlight Kid was giving everything back, showing that growth. And by the end of the match, both women were spent it was an absolutely excellent match. it I don't think it went that long considering it was the main event, um, but it was brutality at its finest. And I think these two bring out the best in each other. It's the natural progression of their match from last year's tournament. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Starlight Kid is in a block with Julia and with Mayu next year and beats both of them because that's just a natural progression. Here, she was so significantly closer to beating Julia, but still can't get the job done. Still has her mask ripped. Still is ultimately not necessarily embarrassed, but you know, Julia is by far the alpha come the end of the match. It wouldn't surprise me if we're talking in 2023 of Starlight Kid, absolutely brutalizing and beating Julia. But yeah, it's my number four. I thought it was an excellent match, Matt. Great pick. Um, My number seven is Hazuki versus Julia from night one. And the fact that we have had 20 dates on this five star and this match still sticks in my head and it's from the opening night, just goes to show how much I loved it. I mean, just from the entrances to just... Attacking each other with all sorts of safety forgotten. They were brawling up the ramp. They were brawling around the ring. They were just, it was just a brawl and ferocious and it never let up. And this is one of those perfect matches where I, I'm sure this match only went about eight, nine minutes. But good God, they did not relent on the pace for the entire eight or nine minutes. And this was the start of Azuki's absolutely explosive start to this tournament where I think she was 7-0. and I could be wrong, but I'm sure she was nope. either the 6-0 or 7-0 and starting 7-0, this tournament. Then
0: she, yeah, then she dropped five in a row. Yep, 7-0. and
1: And it was like, how is she going to keep this momentum going? Then obviously she lost five in a row, like you just said. Um, but this was just that explosive start um, and showed, for my mind, this was the best singles match she'd had since her her championship match with Utami back in Kawasaki in November. So this was a real sort of signal of intent of, yeah, I am Hazuki. Do not forget what I can do. And this was brilliant. Absolutely fantastic.
0: Rob, I agree with you. I agree with you so much that my number six is Pazuki versus Julia from that <laughs> two of this year's five-star Grand Prix. So uh, we're getting close there, everybody. So again, I, again, once we get off this call, I go, I'm going to write everything down. Um, I'm going to copy and paste my top 10 and send it to you. And, and if you can do the same, just because I just kind of just want to smirk about how, uh, again, hey, man, we're back. The dynamic duo is back. But yeah, I mean, not only that, but I, I think because everybody had Julia pegged. To win this tournament, one of the awesome dynamics was the fact that Hazuki went 7-0 and and Julia went 0-2. So everyone was like, what are they doing here? Is this going to be, as I've been saying on the podcast, I've been dug it, dubbing it Hazuki Mania. Is Hizuki Mania going to run wild? And is she going to get to Julia's spot? And yeah. then they kind of flip-flopped everything just to kind of keep everybody on their toes. But, I mean, this was uh, – I believe this was the main event of night two and um, – or excuse me, of um, of night one, main event night two with Sherry and your Tommy. But when Hazuki pinned Julia, it's like, oh, okay. Well, we're going to have the odds-on favorite lose in night one, and we're already pushing to Hazuki. And uh, and the fact that Hazuki even changed up the brain buster a little bit to be very similar to like Kawada and uh, Shinjiro motor, like the sheer drop, like a more dangerous version of it. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, this is like now her like her nuclear finish, which yeah, I absolutely have no problem with, as I'm such a huge fan of Hazuki. But yeah, um, that was uh, that was my number six, sir.
1: So you've already mentioned my number six, which was from night two, Utami Hayashiste and Suri. It's Yutami and Suri. Do, do I need to say more? These two just don't have bad matches, but the jarring sensation of seeing Suri, who has been such an imperious champion, like it doesn't seem at any point like she's going to drop this belt. To see her lose clean and emphatically to Utami, and obviously this means that we are going to get another installment, hopefully, fingers crossed, of this storied rivalry between Utami and Suri. It was just, it was everything I loved about their previous two matches condensed into 13, 14 minutes. Like, these two just get wrestling. <laughs> it's, it's It sounds like a really condescending thing to say, but these two just got it. And those two opening nights of the five star were absolutely sensational. And it was because of these two main events that sent people home at the end of each night, just absolutely blown away. Absolutely blown away, Matt.
0: Yeah, they did a fantastic job. Uh, just really kind of setting the pace with like, here's night one and night two. This is what we we're, this is what we're giving you. You know, this is, this is what you're giving you. But uh, yeah, uh, absolutely fantastic pick my friend. I have um for my uh, my next match, sorry, um this would be where are we at number five We're at number five, yes. we at number five, yes number five, Saya versus Suzuki. there was one spot in this match where Hazuki is slapping Saya and Saya's in between like the second and third rope like halfway way out, and she's like, just hit me harder, and they just start slapping each other like back and forth, and like jeepers, good God, like these two just absolutely laid into each other. I thought these two the chemistry they had between the two was absolutely fantastic. And again, I don't think they're going to take or they should take the belt off Sayakamitani anytime soon. My original idea was do this year what they did last year, where you switched both the red belt and the white belt at your final show of the year. And uh, you eventually put it on Hazuki. But I think you wait until sometime next year. I don't, I think we still have a ways to go with the Sayakamitani run. Um, I think everybody expects Julia to be belted up by the end of the year. And rightfully so. Another conversation for another time. But I think that when the the time is finally decided to switch the belt, I think right now it's going to be it's Hazuki's the person you do it, and I think you do it in the main event. I don't think you do it as a co-main event. I think that once this legendary Sayakama Tani reign is done, that it has to be uh, somebody big, somebody that they're pushing, and uh, and in a main event of a big show. And to me, that person is going to be Hazuki and you saw the fingerprints on it on that match here. This was just absolutely just a brutal war. Just great psychology, the chemistry the two of them had was absolutely fantastic. So that was my number 5.
1: I completely agree with you. And the fact that Hazuki couldn't get the job done over Saya, it's sort of, you know, there isn't going to be a match between those two yet. I mean, if if Saya Kamatani goes to Dream Queendom, retains the belt there, you could potentially do so You know, you look at March 2021, they did Budokan. March 2022, they did Sumo Hall. If there is another big match in March, that could legitimately be your main event. And I don't think anyone is going to complain if Sayaka versus Hazuki for the Y belt, especially in the form that both women are in, if that's your main event and Hazuki finally gets that monkey off her back of getting that white belt, which she's never been able to do, which she's tried so many times to do. I think that's the perfect culmination because we've already seen that stardom are not afraid of putting the white belt above the red belt. if The story entails that, and that's brave and something that I actually commend the company for. They don't just shove the red belt at the top because it's the more prestigious title. If the storyline sort of necessitates being at the top of the card, they'll do it. And I think if they build something with Hazuki and her inability to get the white belt, I think that could be something special. Completely agreed. Um, Yeah. I've already said my number five, it's Julie versus Starlight Kid, which we've already uh, talked about. So Matt, let's breach the top four, my friend. What is your, oh no. Yes. Top four.
0: Yeah. Number four. Number four. We are both confused already. We're again back on form folks. (laughs) My number four is Yutami versus Shiri. The main event of night two. Um, <laughs> what more can I say? It's Utami versus Sherry. <laughs> Copy and paste, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not only was this a, a fantastic match, a lot of people thought, well, it's going to go to a draw because it's a 15-minute time limit. They've done the 20-minute time limit, I believe. I know they did it last year. They did it, um, I believe they did it in 2020. I think they went because, yeah, because Utami went to the 20-minute draw with Sherry and then made it to the finals. And then I just did the watch along not too long ago. And then she comes to the ring like how I would look after a a, a bar busting day back in my younger 20s. Like She just looked exhausted. And then she <laughs> wins the five star. So then, of course, they have, you know, the 43 minute draw. And then uh, at the end of the year, they have the 40 uh, match that uh, Sherry wins the belt goes about 40 some minutes. So A lot of people thought that this was going to go to a draw. I actually didn't. I thought Utami was gonna come out of the box and really uh put the pressure on Shiri, which made this match also great. You know, she I think she got the win with one or two seconds left that really just added the drama to it. So um this was my actually top match um of the tournament up until pretty much the last week or two. So uh but yeah, Utami and Sherry was my number four.
1: So my number four is Tamna Karno versus Siri. Um just because I'm a man that's very, very easy to please. And I thought Suri needed to look strong. You know, she'd taken a lot of roll up losses, taken, you know, a lot of clean losses as well. You know, there's the likes of um, Yutami and Saki Kashima, for example, who seemed to run through the entire top of the block at one point. Um, But here you are reminded that she is an absolute killer. And Tam took every punch and kept coming back and it's for a long time this is my favorite sorry let me rephrase that it's my it was my favorite time match for a long time until my number one pick which sort of gives away what my number one pick's gonna be but I thought this was a fantastic sort of story of Suri looking to rekindle that fire, that edge, that brutality, and Tam looking to match that and just ultimately not being able to get there. I thought it was a fantastic match, Matt.
0: Yeah, there. I would really have to sit down and think about it. But at the top of my head, Sherry, who's on this, again, uh, I mean, this legendary all-time run. I think my favorite Sherry tile defense was that match she had with Tam. Cause when Tam hit the violent screwdriver and the way that she had her pin, I thought they were getting a new champion. And again, very much similar to the Mariah Saikamatani match. This was like, like a, a lighter version of it. And if you're going off a lighter version of one of the best matches I've seen all year and the fact that it's not for the belt, so it can go either way. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like Sherry obviously brings it. She's a legit shooter. And Tam um. Yeah, I text you all the time. And as everybody knows, in my household, it's Tam time all the time. So uh, <laughs> this was, yeah, this is an absolute, absolute fantastic match. But uh, spoilers, I actually did not have this match in my top 10. But I absolutely loved it. That just shows you how great uh, this match was, but totally agree. It's a fantastic, fantastic match from these two uh, phenomenal uh, workers. We're into our top so three, Matt. Me- Top three. Here we go. And i am assuming the way that you're building this up, I think me and you do have the same number one with we'll probably Tam and Momo Kogo. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> uh, uh, we go to the final night of this tournament, uh, which is the best wrestling show I've seen all year. Mayu Iwatani versus Starlight Kid. We thought they had a banger last year, and they did. And just a lot of the complaints, I guess you were being nitpicky, was they just didn't give them enough time. Well, they must have heard our complaints and said, Yeah, we're going to pretty much get close to doubling the time. Well, not double, but they gave them a few extra more minutes to tell their story. And as good as Starlight Kid was last year, she's just way better this year. And there, is, there are just some fantastic spots in the match. Like they start out with like high speed offense, which obviously both of them former high speed champions, two of the best wrestlers uh, in the world. They start out with like 30 seconds of it and they kind of just laugh at each other like, Look, like, okay, our high speed offense is going to negate each other. But obviously, there's a lot of cool spots between the Black Tiger pile driver. Uh, when Starlight Kid goes for the uh, Eternal Foe, Mayu counters with the Tapra Perkarana. There's that disgusting Tombstone pile driver that she hit on Starlight Kid. And I said it on the podcast earlier this week that I think Starlight Kid having the mask may have helped her a little bit because it may have cushioned <laughs> that blow. I was a big fan of the uh, like all the moonsault attempts, and even that Mayu hits the moonsault and didn't get the three count, but quickly went to the two-stage dragon for the win. It's cool it's all those spots where my favorite part in the match is when uh, Starlight Kidlocks and the Black Tiger lay crushed her submission. And I'm a big fan of how she's been able to get that move over uh, so much in these past few months. But like when she's wrestling somebody at a higher tier, if they don't tap out, she does this spot where she takes her foot and she puts her ankle over her opponent's throat. So now it turns into a choke. And there was the spot that she had, she when she had Mayu in it, and again Mayu, in my opinion, the fourth greatest seller of all time. Uh, Ricky Morton, Ricky Steamboat, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Mayu Iwatani. There's a spot where it looks like she's getting ready to go out, and she closes her eyes, and the ref is in the perfect spot, and the camera's in the perfect spot, and she's so close to the ropes, and the ref checks on Mayu, and the way the ref like moves his shoulders, it looked like he was going to show he was going to go to the bell. And I was thinking, oh man, this is how Sally Kiss is going to finally get her big win over Mayu. And then Mayu starts to shake her arm. She slowly opens her eyes, and she waits till she has the crowd as high as she possibly can. And then she scooches over and grabs the ropes. Folks, I'm a fan of striking. I'm a fan of cool spots. But when you can draw me in on a submission and selling like that, folks, that is the beauty and the art of professional wrestling. And then, of course, they have just the absolute fantastic finish. But that was my number three, Mayu and Kid.
1: Well that brings me to my number three map, which is Myui Watani versus Starlight Kid from the final. Oh night. <laughs> Jesus. Like literally all of the reasons you said that that spot with the um Black Tiger leg killer or whatever it's brutally got looks horrendous to take. Um but yeah, just the storyline of Starlight Kid. The entire sort of crux of this heel turn, the genesis of this heel turn was that Starlight Kid wanted to be better than Mayu Iwitani, to surpass Mayu Iwitani. And in the 2021 five-star Grand Prix, she took it to Mayu, but it was never really in doubt that Mayu was going to win. Here, she was so close. So close to beating Mayu Watani. I actually text you and said, I really hope. I can't believe that I'm advocating a time limit draw. I'd love a time limit draw here because Starlight Kid still can't put away Mayu Watani. But a Mayu Watani victory here works just as well for me. Starlight Kid, again, improved massively through everything and even more Mayu Watani and still can't get the job done. She still can't surpass the icon of stardom. Will she eventually? Absolutely. Maybe at next year's tournament like I talked about before. But this idea of Starlight Kid's growth but still not being able to hang when the chips are down, I love that storyline. I love the fact that this heel turn that she's done hasn't just automatically sprouted the fact that she can beat Maya, she can beat Julia. She's still having to work at it and this was just storytelling at its finest. That, the way she got into the stretch more flow was just magnificent. was just one of many, many beautiful transitions in this match. I absolutely loved it. That's my number three.
0: Well, you just, you again, halfway across the world, we haven't done this podcast together in months, you just unintentionally gave me my segue for my number two. You talked about time limit draws and people that just have a heck of a time beating Mayu Watani. My number two is Mayu versus Julia going to the time <laughs> limit draw. Uh, pretty much echo everything that you said. These two just have phenomenal chemistry together. And it's a feud that I don't think gets talked about enough in the history of stardom. You know, we talk about the, uh, you know, Mayu versus Io and stuff with Kari and, you know, Mako versus Kari. And there's all these just fantastic feuds. And Julia and Mayu is having like their own like fantastic feud without a lot of people um, talking about it. and planning on what they're going to do with Julie, I think again, everybody expects to belt her up. Um, I hope she doesn't have to defend like the briefcase kind of like what they did. I think a little bit last year, or if she does. She may have like one or two matches, but you literally, but just based off this tournament, the results of this tournament, you have Julia's next six or seven months plan. Because uh, again, I, I think everybody expects her to win the red belt. And rightfully so that's the best way to go. But she drew against Mayu. She lost to Momo. She drew against Suzu Suzuki. She lost to Mirai. She lost to uh, Hazuki. She, I think there's somebody else. Yeah, so you already have like five or six matches planned for her. And then obviously, I think they're going to go back to the Natsupoy thing. And then you can build Starlight Kid up again. But yeah, you literally have another match here with Mayu and Julia. And for Julia to finally get over this giant Mayu hump, very similar to what they did with Sherry. Sherry could not get past the Mayu bump. But now all of a sudden, Sherry's like, I got something that you want, Mayu, in this red belt. And it makes for a compelling story. Again, copy an A, get an A. And I think that's what they're going to do sometime next year. I think Mayu's going to get a red belt shot on Julia. like when Once Julia's the champion, and we're finally going to see Julia get her big uh, defiant win over Mayu. But yeah, that was uh, my number two.
1: Well, we talk about drama, um, emotion, and in my opinion, there's no match that encapsulated that more than Julie versus Suzu Suzuki on night two. I was not emotionally ready, Matt, for both women you- to
0: start in tears. You mean the final? What did I say? You just said night two, and I was like, wait a minute. I'm oh, sorry, no, night 19. Don't okay. know why I said night I two. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why I said that. I've been talking about this show a lot lately, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was, I ahead, was emotionally
1: sorry. spent, apparently, that I forgot what <laughs> night it was. Um, just want to make sure I was paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was not emotionally ready for both women to start the match in tears. Um, and then just the way it started with the slaps, and you could feel... Everything that Suzu Suzuki has said, the whole reason for prominence coming to stardom, you could feel it in every strike that she delivered to Julia. And then by the end of the match, you've just got Suzu Suzuki unable to give anything else. But the bell sounds, and Julia doesn't even wait for the bell. She's embracing suzu suzuki just in floods of you'd be forgiven if you were tuning in just at the very tail end of this match thinking that this was the final because there was so much raw emotion running through this match that you were immediately invested they could have botched every single move and i would still have given this a high grade just because of the raw real emotion that was running through this match but they didn't Obviously, they didn't. It was just violence personified. And it's yet another notch on Suzu Suzuki's bedpost of fantastic matches that she's had in this five star. Loved it. And I think I text you just saying like these last two matches and then obviously we had the last two in red block and then the final. Just Jesus Christ, what a final night this was.
0: Yeah, I said on uh, when I did the wrap up of this, one of them, I mean, there's so many great things about this match. But again, this this whole tournament, you need. As great as this final was, in order for you to truly appreciate this whole tour, this, this final, you need to go and watch the whole tournament. And and I get, it, I get it. It's, it's twenty nights. It's 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 a lot. But it, you, you trust me. Uh, if you haven't seen the tournament or all the tournament, you will truly appreciate it. What I mean by that is, especially in this match, Rob, is the way that Suzu gets her finishers over. She gets the tequila shot. Then either does the uh, stalling German suplex or does like the Iosherai locomotion German suplex. The finish of this match going up to the time limit draw is Suzu escapes the glorious driver. She hits a release German suplex. Then she hits the tequila shot and then she hits the locomotion German suplex, which nobody's been, nobody has kicked out of that combination the whole tournament. It's literally, I think she's won pretty much every match, if not every match close to it, with that combination tequila shot and then any variation of the German suplexes. And Julia kicks out and then Julia kicks out and the two of them have a mini brawl, which Suzu Suzuki ends up on top of. And then, and it goes to time limit draw. And you know, I said this, um, when I just did the, the Josie podcast, just, uh, with Scott, uh, just a little bit ago, if you were grading this on an MMA fight, right. And pretty much the winner of this goes through, like if Suzu wins, she goes through. So if you're grading this on an MMA thing, well, we didn't have a knockout or tap out. We got to go to the judge's decision. If you're going to judge his decision on this, especially based off that finish, suzu suzuki wins if i'm a judge i'm voting for suzu suzuki and i think that's going to be a bit, a big money match for them down the line where they're when they're going to just keep pushing suzu higher up the card and then julia's on this tear for the red belt championship and then you're going to go back to seeing clips of this and we're going to be all on pins and needles getting ready to watch it but yeah th- that match was so great but it was just the buildup of building up suzu suzuki's finishing stretch in all of her matches And here's the biggest one of the tournament. And she doesn't get the job done because Julia is just so bound and determined to get to Suzu so she can get to the final and win the crown.
1: Incredible. I mean, let's be perfectly honest here. We're going to go to our
0: first picks. We've
1: both picked the final, right? Sam and
0: Juliet, yeah, not only it's my match of the year. It I, it beat uh the FTR versus Briscoes match, and um, not the two out of three fall match, but the first one. Mm. And Will Osprey versus Okada for my best match I've seen all year. Just between the Tokyo Dome slash WrestleMania style entrances and just the two of them just completely going like going after each other. It's it's crazy that literally the morning that Antonio Noki passes away, there was so much fighting spirit. And, uh, you know, on this match, like the guy that embodied fighting spirit, there's so much fighting spirit and strong style, you know, the Godfather of those two things in this match. I mean, Tam hitting the tiger suplex off the top rope, and then the two of them just hitting each other's finishers and then kicking out at one. And then Tam Nakano doing the, her great, her best impersonation of the great Muda running a (laughs) hundred yards down the ramp to deliver a violent shooting. And not only that, but like Julia, she goes for the glorious dragon. We've seen it get countered before, but only Tam has counters it with the reverse. She re- she reversed it at their Budokan match um, in March of last year with the reverse DDT. And no one's really, I don't think anybody's countered it that way since and then she does it here on the entrance ramp that sets up to the 100-yard dash of violent shooting. But, yeah, there's and then they steal each other's finishers, kicking out at one, and then Julia just planting poor Tam Nakano into the ring with that disgusting Northern Lights bomb. But, yeah, I mean, this was definitely my my number one there, good sir. Someone on
1: Twitter, and I can't remember who it was, I'm, I'm going to assume it's Armani Shoe Exchange. If there's ever a good start, I'm assuming it's Armani Shoe Exchange. Yeah. Um... Julia has won every match this year with a different finisher in the five-star, which is just, yeah. it's lunacy. And as it's soon as genius. Tam kicked out, I was like, she's going to hit the Northern Lights bomb. That's the only thing she's got left. You know, even to the point where she's stealing the violent screwdriver and all sorts, I was like, she's got it the Northern Lights bomb. And Julia knows it as well. And then just that crescendo... Of the closing stretch, it's beautiful, absolutely. I I wax lyrical about the Suri versus Momo final from last year, and this eclipses
0: it completely. Like that's my next question is: Is this one? Because that is my all-time favorite five-star match. Now, granted, I haven't seen all of them, but I've gone through the history and seen a lot, and that's my number one five-star match of all time. And now I don't know. I don't know. It's it's. I, there's no wrong answer. I mean, there's no wrong answer, but you might be right. Just because made there's more emotion and there's more backstory to it mm. than there was Sherry versus Momo. But uh, yeah, that was literally the one question I was going to ask you. Is, was this better than last year's final?
1: There was two very different stories. With Suri and Momo, they'd had things going into the tournament where sort of Suri's calling out the fact that Momo no longer possessed that killer instinct and wasn't able to get the job done. Um, here, you've got everything from Budokan and um, Tam winning the white belt in the name of Arissa, And then, you know, sort of, we had the, the burnout of that feud. And then we had Julia debuting and calling out, uh, sorry, re-debuting with Tekla and Mariah and sort of calling out the rookies in Cosmic Angels. And then again, reigniting, a few between the two. And then we've reignited it again, but with a different storyline this time, sort of Tam going after Julia because she couldn't win the five star and the inevitability of Julia gain that red belt that Tam has never owned. So they're keeping this few going, but they're not just retreading all ground. They're adding new wrinkles to this storied rivalry between these two, because with matches that have gone really well, if you keep revisiting it, you keep you run the risk of diluting it. However, adding more wrinkles to it and adding it, you know, relatively subtly, which is what Stardom have done, it makes it far more exciting. And these two will just do everything they can to hurt each other, and that just adds so much more. And they have this begrudging respect, despite themselves, for each other that. It adds an entirely new emotion. So I talked about the emotion of the Julia and Suzu Suzuki match, and that absolutely was layered in emotion. But this is layered in a completely different emotion, like raw anger and determination to win. And that's just as sort of tangible as the Suzu Suzuki and Julia emotion. And I loved that. And I felt that more than in the Suri versus Momo match. Still an absolutely outstanding final. But I'd argue this pips it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to make a a bold prediction. Very bold prediction. So Julia hasn't won the red belt yet. I think she's going to get, and she should, because she's just a huge star. I think she'll get at least a year run as long as she stays healthy. But I'm going to say that uh, Tam Nakano is the one that beats her for the red belt sometime in 2023 or 2024. That's my bold prediction that I'm betting no money on. Maybe a dollar. Maybe I'll bet you a, a US dollar on that, sir.
1: <laughs> a singular US dollar. I mean, it would be brave for stardom to have both of Julia's singles reigns ended by Tam Nakano. To have her white belt reign yeah. ended by Tam and then to have her red belt reign ended by Tam. You know, it's... What the, storytelling. What storytelling though? Oh my goodness. It would be incredible. It would be incredible, especially as it would sort of, paint tam as this one sort of roadblock that julia has never really been able to sort of bypass she's always sort of been able to skirt around it but she's never really been able to deal with it it's it would be an interesting story definitely of course we are assuming that julia is going to win the red belt at dream queendom let's not forget that suri has been absolutely imperious as red belt champion so it's going to be a fantastic match without a shadow of a doubt Let's move on then to our, let's do our five top performers then. So who were the five, Matt, that stood out to you in this tournament?
0: I'm going to to kind of break your rule here, sir. I'm going to give my top 10 and I'm just going to run right through it because five is, that's unfair. So I'm just going to run right through it there, good sir, if that's okay with you.
1: Absolutely fine, man. You do you.
0: Okay. Number 10 is Utami. Number eight is Sherry. Number eight is Momomontanabi. Watanabe. Number seven, Suzu Suzuki. Number six, Sai Kamatani And number five, Starlight Kid. Number four, Tam Time, Miss Tam Nakano. Number three, Mayu Iwatani. And this two and one is still difficult. But number two, Julia. And my number one, the MVP for me in this tournament would be Hazuki Because Huzuki Mania is running wild, brother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. You are not wrong at all. Um, I
0: hear that a lot in my house that I am wrong. So I really appreciate that, Rob.
1: Thank <laughs> Thanks, man. I, appreciate
0: that. <laughs> I mean, it's.
1: I've done a five, and it's so hard it's tough. to. To I mean, I'll be honest, Tam hasn't breached my top five. And it's just I, tough,
0: man. It's tough.
1: Honestly, I, I genuinely feel bad, but. I haven't been able to split my top five. So at five is Micah slash Himika. I think both of them have sort of... You do you. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Um, I honestly think that those two have... You look at every single one of their matches, they don't have a bad match. In fact, they don't have even just a good match, even with talent. So for example, Himika's match with May Sakurai, who when the hell did May Sakurai improve so much? even matches where you know they're expected to win they're still bringing out the best in their opponents plus it's just an absolute pleasure to see them larry at the living hell out of people um, number four Starlight Kid I think Starlight Kid's had a phenomenal tournament um, you know matches we haven't spoken about like a natsupoi match absolutely excellent match um, probably their best match they've had together if I'm being perfectly honest they've had some really good matches um, number three Mirai like what a debut year Mirai has had You know, there were whisperings of people not being quite sure about her. And then she went on to win the Cinderella and people were still a bit cold on her. And then she's come into this five star and just lit up anyone that has stepped in the ring with her. She has delivered some lariats that have genuinely made me feel it like, a you know, however far Japan is away, like 7000 miles. I don't know. I'm guessing. But. Honestly, some of the matches she's had, her match with Mayu Iwatani, which I didn't mention in my top 10, was absolutely incredible. Some of the lariats, some of the just... gen, Like, people are so into Mirai, and it's she looks incredible. She wrestles. She's, like, improved in-ring in the space of, like, four months as well. Just massively, massively great tournament. Number two, Julia. And then, of course, number one, Hazuki. Has to be Hazuki, because... To go 7-0, and that's great in a tournament, but to go 7-0 and with potentially six matches of the tournament out of those seven, like she went at every match like it was her last match. And I've actually written, I don't know what Hazuki is drinking before each of her matches, but I'm going to need me some of that because she had bangers almost every single night. I can't think of a bad or even Average Hazuki match and all of them pretty much out of the 12 I'd argue eight of them are top tier in this tournament
0: yeah even like I know a lot of people they have flipped their one and two they had or Ju- well, one and two shocker I mean you have the same one or two uh, shock there buddy but uh, like they would they put Julia on one and you know hey the Julia the, it's the hot thing right now right and they had Hazuki too, and it's like, well, Hazuki lost those five matches. I'm like, well, that's the way it was booked. However, let's look at those matches she lost, right? Saya Ida made Saya Ida look like a million bucks. Not that Saya Ida really needs the help, because she's fantastic. Mayu, that match was great. Momo, that match was great. So it's like, yeah, even though like the Saya match, again, that was you know my top tier. So it's like even the matches that she lost, she came out looking really, really good. And again, I just think that she's the one to take the belt off uh, Saya Kamatani. I I think so.
1: Let's move on to our gradings then. So what we'll do is, um, I'll give a name out. Uh, We'll start with the Red Stars block. Um, Partly because I don't think the Red Stars block gets as much love because Blue Stars just had that many absolute classics. I think out of my top ten, eight of them are Blue Stars matches. So let's start with Red. Let's throw some love at the Red Stars block. Um, Let's start with uh, She's had a strange tournament, has kagama, She's an absolutely phenomenal wrestler and is capable of drawing out a great match out of anyone. I don't feel like she's done that here, Matt, if I'm being perfectly honest. I mean, her one really, really, really good match was against Utami on the final night, I would argue.
0: Yeah, I thought that Cogman. How how I'm grading this? If you're lower on the card and you really blew it out of the water, I basically grade you on a curve. I totally agree with you. Um, I gave her a, a B.
1: See, I gave her a C minus. Um, whoa, I know, I know. I feel harsh on Cogman, but the problem is, like I've always said, and it's 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 my issue with primarily comedy wrestlers. And that's what Koguma went with for the majority of this tournament was, you know, the sort of comedy stylings and, you know, the first couple of times, thought, ah, like, oh, that's, that's quite good. But the problem is she had the same match, you know, her match with Micah was very similar to a match with Himika, which was very similar to a match with um, Suri. And you are just like, give me something else. And she's a legitimately funny person as well, Koguma. She has legitimately funny moments in her matches. But that's that's my massive problem with and Death as well. It's my problem with Toriyano. I don't mind comedy if it's not the same. And that's the only problem I had with Koguma. I know she can wrestle and that's never been the issue. It's just that the comedy was sort of the same sort of thing repeatedly, which I wasn't a massive fan of, especially when I know how good Koguma can
0: be. Yeah, she's been really consistent this year. The one thing that bugs me is she tied with Utami at 14, but technically she has the tiebreaker over Utami. So if you're like going to rank this, she is over Utami um, in the Red Stars block. So, but yeah, totally, totally agree, sir.
1: Let's go with Risa Sarah then next, um, the leader of prominence. what you think? Uh, a. That was a solid A for me. I gave her a B. I thought she was, she was solid. Um, she didn't start to have like really, really good matches until like halfway through the tournament. I thought she had a fairly tepid start and then just sort of blew it out of the water with that crescendo being what I thought was a really, really good match against Suri. Um but yeah, I gave her a B. I thought she was I thought she was impressive. Um I wasn't overly impressed with the uh the double count out against Mei Sakurai, which seemed a little bit of a strange booking decision, but that's not uh, Risa Sarah's fault. Um but yeah. A B, a solid B for Risa
0: Sarah. I got a feeling my letter grades are going to be a little bit higher than yours, which would be great because we'll finally maybe a, be a little bit indifferent on something for once. <laughs>
1: maybe this is because I work in education
0: and I'm used to I sort of. So. Uh... <laughs> I think so. And I just love everything. So yeah, that, that's is the way that, I am. that is true. That is true. I literally gave these, I literally, yesterday, as we're taping this on a Monday, yesterday was Lily's 18th birthday. And I literally started doing this after her party. Where I had a few beers and I was hanging out with my dad and my best friend and everybody was over, so I was in particularly. I mean, always, I'm pretty much always in good spirits, as you know, but I was in extra good spirits when I did this. So maybe, it's, maybe, <laughs> the, maybe my things on a double curve. I don't know. So, but go ahead, sir. Who, who would you like to grade next?
1: Uh, let's do Saki then next. Not Saki Kashima, Colors Saki. Um, I'll be honest. I thought that she took the spot of what I assumed you Nagi would be doing. Um, so she ended up on the tournament with, uh, five wins, seven losses and, you know, she was solid enough, but did she ever have that really, really good match or was it
0: always sort of steady? What was your opinion of this? I thought that she, and I know me and you were texting back and forth. I thought she had a great match with Sherry. She had a really good one with Tommy, uh, the match with, uh, Tam. And the last night was pretty good, and I thought she had two really good ones with Mike and Himika. So uh, Saki, being the legit question mark going into this tournament, I thought she really, really uh, impressed me, and I'm excited to see where they're going to go with there, But for her grade, I gave her a B plus.
1: Okay, I gave I gave her a C plus, um, pretty much for the questions I asked you. I just I don't know. There was there was something about her that was just like I didn't really. She's obviously very good in ring. But I don't know. I I can't even put my finger on it. I can't. You know, when there's some wrestlers that you just don't vibe with, I think Mm -hmm. it's just that. Like, I can't, I can't say she hasn't, she's had bad matches because she hasn't. Um, I don't know. There was just something that didn't really vibe with me. Um, But anyway, let's move on to Saki Kashima. Um, I think Saki Kashima's had a great
0: tournament. Yeah. I mean, how do you, I mean, she won an award, right? She She did. Yeah. Yeah. So now that like she pinned Sherry and, like legit like we have all these crazy finishers right in in the in stardom you got the violent screwdriver you got the northern lights bomb you got the uh the Mijinoku driver you got the vermilion world the most dangerous finisher in this company is the the damn revival the kishikasai i mean here's it, it, here's uzumi right legit like on her birthday, on comes her out,
1: birthday, <laughs>
0: on her birthday, comes out that fantastic wall with the blues, like you're on a roller coaster with the purple and the purple robe and the purple hair. And then she d- takes her robe off. She's got new gear. It's her birthday. And I'm thinking, if she wins this, she's pretty much going to go to the finals. And I'm like 4.30 in the morning watching. And I'm literally looking, literally looking at the top of the steps because my wife picked Azumi to win the red block. I'm like, she's going to get this right. There's no way Azumi is not winning on her birthday with new gear and that she's not going to go to the finals. And then she loses. But uh, regardless, Saki Cashman has so... Because, again, I, I'm grading this on a curve because of where she is on the card. And the fact that she pinned all these people and just just put more stock into her. To me, she was a solid A. So, 12 points. Like, who would have thought? Solid A when it's entertaining as all hell in these wins. Honestly,
1: she's... She's not... Like, she, I'm going to compare it to Toriano again, where legitimately she could beat anybody. And she's such a threat. Like, if you end up with Saki Kashima on the last night, there's no way you can say, oh, that's that's a dead cert. Because Saki legitimately could beat anyone. I mean, you look at the top of Red Block. She beat Tam. She beat Micah. She beat Risa Sarah. She beat Utami. She beat Suri. She beat Azumi. She beat everyone at the top of the block, with the exception of Himika. So she had a fantastic tournament. Plus... She did what I wish Koguma had done. She was a comedy wrestler that changed things up. Like the match she had with Momokogo was a completely different comedy match than the one she had with Utami for example. I really really enjoy Saki Kashima. I've for as long as I can remember flown the flag for how underrated Saki is. Um, I gave her an A minus. I thought she was great. I thought tremendously good fun. Let's go for Izumi then. Um, Azumi, who on her birthday was pinned in 30 something seconds by Saki Kashima, and um, but did end up on 14 points, uh, going seven and five in the tournament. What do you think, Matt?
0: A minus. I thought she was she was terrific. Uh, I thought she had great matches with Mike and Himika. I'm a big fan of like against the bigger, stronger wrestlers, Mike and Himika, that she would do the Canadian Destroyer. And then float it right over into the Izumi Sushi, which like the physics of that move is you're using your own weight and momentum against you. So you do the Canadian Distributor, which attacks your opponent's neck, and then you quickly use their own weight up against them. I thought I was a, I was a really big fan of that. Obviously, her match with Sherry was fantastic. She had a great match where she made Tam Nakano uh, wrestle um, high speed. So I guess in my house, it was uh, high speed Tam time, uh, regardless. <laughs> and then she made like the, the younger wrestlers like uh, Momo and Yunagi, like lower on the tier uh, card matches. Um, I thought she had really good matches with them. But yeah, for me, she was an A And I'm really looking forward to see what they do with her uh, leading into uh, next year.
1: Yeah, she was a she was solid B for me. I thought she had a really again. I keep using that word tepid start, and then just exploded in the last couple of matches to have really, really, really good matches. Um, I'm always a massive fan of Azumi. I'll be perfectly honest. So it was. <laughs> I was always going to be a little bit biased, but yeah, a B. Um, May Sakurai then, who hey. honestly. We talked, I can't remember who it was last year, but we talked about how constantly being in these singles matches with a high-caliber opponent, the five-star can be this breakout thing for you. And good grief, May Sakurai, though it might not have been a breakout tournament, the improvement in May Sakurai, she still throws an awful elbow, and I'll stand by that forever. (laughs) Um, Like, honestly, it is the drizzling, but... I thought she did tremendously well here. She hung with the people that wanted to fight, like Risa Serra, where she wanted to fight a more brutal match. She was able to get, she was able to match Himika and Micah in the more sort of bomb throwing matches, and she was able to hang with the likes of Azumi in the high speed matches. Where not only now is she being able to have good singles matches, she's able to have different singles matches. Which I think is really, really key, I gave her a b plus I thought she did tremendously well this tournament, especially when you consider she went four, seven and one, so ended up on nine points that's you, it's nothing to sniff out there.
0: I will say this, sir. um you talked about her elbow drop. You say what you want to about it, but when Kari came back from w w e she influenced her so much that Kari stole her finishing. <laughs> but that's another story for another day. I, this is the first one we agree uh, 100% on B-plus as well. I thought she has improved so much over these last few months. And I'm um, a big fan of how she's been throwing. In, and same thing with Unagi how they've been throwing and using, and Saki as well, the uh, Yakuza kick, um, the Mafia kick, whatever you want to call it. And there's a match that she had with we weren't like five minutes. And it was like really, really good. It was like Yutami was May try- uh, Sakurai was trying to roll up Utami. And then Utami winds up hitting the clothesline. She goes through her closing stretch. She hits the air raid crash. And when she does, she rolls Utami up. And then as soon as Utami, and I thought it was going to be a three count. I'm like, oh, man, another upset. And then once Utami comes up, uh, she feeds up from that false finish. Yut- uh, May Sakurai goes to throw this hellacious uh, boot. And then uh Utami just gets out of the way, reverses it, and then goes into the torture rack German. And I'm like, they were able to tell that story in like four or five minutes. And a lot of that was on May Sakurai's so- shoulder. Like she made me believe that she was gonna get the upset win over the former champion. So yeah, I thought she was uh again, for someone that's really improved onto the card, uh, that was definitely her. So yeah, B plus I agree with you, sir.
1: Let's go with Momo Kogo then next. Um Points wise, fairly indifferent. She ended on four points, going two and ten in the tournament. Um, she did get a big win over Micah, which was incredibly surprising. Um, what did you think about her in ring output then, Matt?
0: Another one that's improved so much. And remember, she wasn't supposed to be in this tournament. She was a last second replacement for the injured Tekla. I thought she did a great job um, taking advantage of every minute she had in the ring. To uh, for me, she was a she was a B minus. And I'm really looking forward to see what she's going to be doing teaming with uh, our Lord and Savior Mayu Iwatani in this next tournament. But I thought <laughs> she was solid.
1: Uh, yeah. I gave her a C plus, which I've never really understood the difference between a B minus and a C plus, but Hey, we didn't ride the report cards. Um, uh, yeah. I gave her a C plus. I thought she did well. She had the odd sort of clunky match, but again, she is still ultimately, you know, a rookie. So I'm not holding that against her. I thought, she did really well. I thought one of her best matches, actually, was the last night against Unagi. I thought she had a really, really good match against Unagi. Um, yeah, C+, plus. I thought she did really well. Himika, I mean, it's got to be an A, right? Surely.
0: Yeah, Himika had an A. Himika had an A. Uh, just a fantastic tournament. The fact that she... It seemed like people were adding stuff to their uh their their their, like finishing stretches going into this tournament and uh and Himika she just started using the concussion bomb like more and more um and, you know, in this match, like I saw, I, ma- I made a comment like going in night four, night five. Like, a lot of people are kicking out of the JP coaster. I'm like, why is that? And I'm like, oh, maybe the concussion bomb coming from somebody as tall and strong as Himika makes more sense. Uh, but yeah, she was a solid A. Her match with Micah, uh, match again, her matches with uh, Tam or Sarah, Zumi, Utami, Sherry, all of her stuff, you know, was really, really good. And uh, yeah, she was, uh, that was an A for me,
1: honestly, considering. Considering she's a very good wrestler and always has been, I think she's still improved hugely during this tournament. The sure. pace with which she's hitting some of these running strikes is frightening. Um, you know, she's throwing these four. I mean, look at her match, for example, with um like where she was thrown in at the very last second, and no disrespect to himika at all. She's not Kyrie. <laughs> you know, she hasn't got the appeal of a Kyrie. However, a fantastic match that they must have thrown together pretty much on the fly, let's be perfectly honest. And then she's had great match after great match after great match. And do you know what? I'm actually going to lump Micah in with this as well because I gave Micah an A for the exact same reason. Both women have just upped their games to... A brand new level. And you mentioned the concussion bomb. Himika has become better at the transition and the story time because ultimately, loads of people have added different moves to their arsenal. Whereas I don't think Himika has. I think just all of the bits that are sticking the moves together have improved in Himika. And that's why her matches are so much more compelling. So. Yeah, and A, and then Micah, I mean, Jesus Christ. Not only does she still have the most banging theme in Stardom, bar none, I will not hear a word against it. Um, Not only... What?! Oh, come on, it is an absolute... We'll get into that later. Oh,
0: my God. God, I'm sorry. I try not to cut you up, and I had a mountain.
1: I forgot about Hannan's theme. Yeah,
0: okay. She has the second most
1: banging theme in Stardew. But also, she has no idea how to apply sunscreen on her arms. But also... Like, honestly, the most heel thing that happened in this tournament was Koguma slapping the sunburn. You never do that. What are you doing? Um, but yeah, I thought both her and Himika had fantastic tournaments. And whereas, you know, I don't think for a moment that Micah is taking the red belt off Suri and Hiroshima, she does feel like she sort of elevated herself to that red belt sort of area where it wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility. I wouldn't find it bizarre if Micah were to hold the red belt, is what I'm saying. Whereas, you know, we talk about having that aura, don't we? And we spoke about it a lot before I went on to hibernation, let's call it. Um, Like, there's an aura. And I think Micah and Himika are sort of getting there. Micah especially, to that place where, if they won the red belt, I would not complain in the slightest. And she just constantly put on these fantastic matches. Well, but what do you think?
0: Yeah, A, um, again, talking about adding on to your arsenal. She she throws the clothesline. She threw she, now she adds the discus lariat in. And then uh obviously she's got a devastating Mijinoku driver. And then um in the bigger matches she's been using the tornado Mijinoku driver. But yeah, um Mike and Himika definitely A's for me. And I think that they're gonna be A pluses coming out of the Goddess of Tag League. So but yeah, me and you look at that. We got three of them right there, buddy. Or not right, but we agreed. On three in that one. So we're, we're we're moving along pretty good here. There we go. Now, perhaps the biggest surprise for me, Yunagi Sayaka
1: ended on four points, only winning two matches. She went two and ten in this tournament. It, I mean, it surely has to be a little bit of a disappointing tournament for Yunagi, surely.
0: Yeah, uh, she's got my lowest grade, too. Uh, she C-plus. None of the matches, the TAM match stood out a little bit. But even like up against like a Utami and Azumi, a Micah, a Himika, like they were going around, they were many bad matches. But just considering the fact we know how you, how good Yunagi can be, it just seemed like some of those matches just missed the mark. So yeah, I mean, Yunagi, uh, lowest grade of the blue or the red stars with C plus for me.
1: Completely agree. I gave her a C minus for the exact same reason. Like
0: you can still,
1: you can finish with four points at the end of a tournament and at the end of the tournament, sorry, and still feel like you've elevated yourself. But, you know, we talked last year, You Unagi had a really good tournament. But here it felt like we actually took a few steps back because even the matches yeah. where she's losing, none of them were really memorable. And I know that obviously we had a glut of fantastic matches and it's impossible to remember them all. But I do feel like Unagi was disappointing. And that's that's unfortunate because I would, you know, I hadn't. I'd turned a corner on you, Naki. I thought she'd done really well, but I'd argue perhaps yeah, her Tam match, but her Tam match was nowhere near as good as the one from 2021. I'd argue perhaps that her best match was with Momo Kogo on the final night. And when you look at who's in this block, Tam, Himika, Mikey, Utami, Suri, she had a good match with Suri. Actually, thinking about it, her match with Suri, I think from night three, was actually okay. It was a good match, but. I don't know. I expected more from you, Nagy. I thought she'd be one of those people on twelve points. I'm quite surprised she ended up as low as she was. Um, but yeah, let's well, now. We,
0: now, we, yeah, now we know the reason why, though. With her, uh, she made an announcement that I don't know. If we, um, she made an announcement that she's a freelancer now, uh, as of today. Oh wow! So as yeah, of today. That's why Pink Kabuki, yep. That's why there's no Pink Kabuki. She said she's still going to be in, uh, Yeah, I know the podcast, we still got a lot to do, and the podcast is running long, and maybe this will be another story we can talk about for next week, but real quickly, that uh, she made an announcement during, uh, like right after the press conference, I believe she put it on Twitter or something, that uh, she's still going to be a part of Stardom, she's still being Cosmic Angels, she put on her, I believe her Twitter account that you can book her, because she's a free, free, freelancer now and um she's gonna come in and do shot to shot but i guess the storyline is she did so poor in this tournament as we just alluded to their good sir is that she wants to go and rediscover herself and prove herself so again maybe and maybe it's and maybe it is a kind of part of a storyline we're very much like new japan where um somebody loses a whole bunch of matches a younger person and they send him on excursion so maybe that's what they're doing with yunagi it's a very very strange We'll we'll talk about that a little bit next week because sure. uh,
1: yeah, if it's not a storyline, that's a very odd decision when you consider how how well she's been pushed, really. Um, let's... Tam. Tam Nakano, finalist, topped the block with 16 points, went 8-4 and four in the tournament. The most wins in the tournament. I think Julia only got seven, but had two draws. Has to be an A. Has to be an A, maybe even an A+, plus because she did do tremendous
0: work in this tournament, Matt. Oh, it's it, it. Rob, come on, me Tam. You know, A plus, A plus. <laughs> I wasn't it's even gonna Tam, say anything. Yeah, oh, I know. time all the time. Yeah, again. I mean, she just the matches. She's te- elevated Unagi. She had a great match with the the, the you know the two Sakis. The Sherry match was great. The Utami match was was absolutely fantastic. Even with uh, especially with Utami singing Tam out to the ring. Again, we could do a whole other <laughs> podcast just on that match. But yeah, and again, obviously my match of the year um again not just in stardom but the whole entire uh everything that i I watch in wrestling which i watch a lot of wrestling um yeah tam is an a plus for me
1: um she was an a for me again there's only i believe one a plus that i've given um because i'm just i gave a
0: 40 i gave like 40 which (laughs) week which week is those blue stars
1: planning them out blue stars was just yeah (laughs) (laughs) just like making it rain ace pluses um Tam had a fantastic tournament. There's this. I can't really add anything else to what you've already said. She had a great tournament, had really, really, really good matches. Himika, Micah, Suri, all fantastic matches. Um, our red belt champion, Suri then, as we approach the end of red stars block, what
0: did you give Suri? Solid day. She had some really, really good performances. You can tell with all the, the KT tape she has on her. She's uh she, she's getting a little beat up. I mean, she, she's, she wrestles a very, very hard style, and there were some of those matches against some of the lower card opponents, for a lack of a better word, that she was kind of just taking it a little bit easy on, but hit a couple kicks and uh, pretty much maybe stretch them and take it home. But uh, when she had a show out, she showed out, and you know, God bless her. You can you can see she's in quite a bit of a pain, but um, but yeah, uh, I she was a solid A for me.
1: That's that that is something that I am just gonna sort of go back and just sort of say about Kagame. Uh, I know that obviously you do need a night where it is easier on you again. And Suri is sort of a great example of this. The poor woman is held together on a wing and a prayer at the moment. Um, and again, wrestling her style 20 nights from July to the start of October. It's not easy. So
0: she had the Nenai title match.
1: yeah exactly she's had title (laughs) matches and all sorts in the middle of this so I do understand why Koguma is wrestling the comedy style sort of to give the wrestlers against her a little bit of a break but even so um, Suri B plus I thought despite the fact that she's held together literally by prayers um, I thought she was another one who had a lot of really, really good matches. Again, like I said before, probably Unagi's best match aside from Momokogo had a fantastic match against Risa Serra, an absolute banger against Micah, which we haven't mentioned, but Jesus Christ, that's a great match. A match against Utami, really, really good matches. We don't expect anything else from Siuri, um, but yeah, a really, really good B. And finally, let's let's go to Utami Hayashishita. What did you think of
0: uh, Utam? E. Hey. Ah uh, how dare you sir. Uh she would've been an A plus because she disrespected Tam. No, uh I gave her uh she had a solid tournament. Uh just like maybe d- just for her cuz she's she's held in such high regard from me that um that I gave her an A minus. She had like maybe like one or two I wouldn't say misses but I thought like the matches would have been better. Again, I hold you Tommy in such a high standard that's um uh again i kind of gave her the curve down so she got an a minus which is still a darn good grade i wish i got more a minuses when i was in school (laughs) but my kids
1: wish i gave more a minuses um <laughs> <laughs> i, I gave badly. her i gave her a b plus um again there's absolutely nothing between a b plus and an a minus but there we are i think she had an absolutely fantastic tournament had great matches again with suri with Mika, which is another match we didn't talk about but a match with Mika was really really good had one yeah. of the better matches against like risa sarah for example against saki um had really good comedy matches against saki kashima against you know not that I'm saying their match with Tam was solely comedy, but sort of added in those comedy elements, just showing off how well-rounded a performer she really is. Um, I thought she was fantastic as a whole. I gave her a B plus, like I say. Um, had a really, really strong tournament. Let's move on to Blue Stars. And honestly, an interesting stat that I saw worked out. The five stars have been going since 2012. And... Of those 11 tournaments, Matt, how many winners have come out of
0: Blue Stars? You know what? Geez, I should really know this because I've been doing so many of the watch-alongs and a lot of them have been the finals. And I give a quick stat and then I must just forget it. Uh, I'm going to say eight. Bang on. Well done. It? Well that done. Lucky. That was just <laughs> luck. That was
1: just luck. Look at that. Go me. It's not surprising that so many, I mean, 73% of five star winners are coming out of the blue block. And it's not surprising when you look at how stacked these blocks are, but especially blue stars, like no disrespect to the competitors in red block, but in blue stars, it felt like every single match was must see. Like there was no dead air. I mean when you can consider you know Sayakamatani. These are my I'm just gonna run through my grades and then we'll talk about them in a little bit. But Hazuki A plus, Maywatani A minus, Julia A, Natsupoy A minus, Minoshirakawa A minus, Mirai A. Amasori B Starlight Kid A. Um Suzu Suzuki A. Samak A. They just didn't miss in this tournament. And I swear to God, every time I saw Mayu Iwatani wrestle, I thought she was literally going to fall apart. Because I don't know if it's just she's absolutely phenomenal at selling or if her back is just now full of gremlins. But I'm so invested in her matches, even more than I was before, because I'm just that genuinely concerned that she's actually hurt. Um, But overall, like there was no weak link in Blue Stars at all.
0: I mean, yeah, and I'll get, yeah, and I'll, I'll copy and paste what you just did just because I know we're, we're on our two hours here. At least I got to do a top five shows. Uh, and not that I don't enjoy uh, talking to you, my man. This is an absolute blast, and I'm so glad you're back with the show. But Julia A, Mayu Iwatani A, Suzuki A, Mirai A, Hazuki Mania Running Wild A, plus, A, Starlight Kid A, Momo Watanabe A, Nasapoy A, Ami, sorry, A-minus. Mina Shirakawa, such an improvement. A. Saya B B+. And if you want my grade for Hana, are you ready? <laughs> H-A-N-A-N. <laughs> Hana gets an A. <laughs> Notice how I saved that for last. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> um,
1: so rather than go through everyone, because we could be here for hours and hours and hours because of just how good this uh, block was, I just want to highlight a couple of people. Obviously, we know how well Hazuki did. We, we expect almost how good Mayu Uitani was, Julia was. There's three or four names I just want to highlight. Natsapoi, such an underrated tournament. So just because she got the living hell beaten out of her on a nightly basis, like, I don't know if she has, like, has she got, is she blackmailing these people? Like, is she grievously offended Everyone in the locker room. I mean, she had got an absolute pasting at the answer. Julia, Hazuki, Mayu, Mina on the last night. She's in the same bloody stable as Mina. And she got an absolute hammering. But she sold absolutely everything like it was death. And I absolutely loved it. We talk about how it's not always offense that's important. It's how well you sell and that's... Why I love Mayu Iwatani so much, but Natsapoi was an absolute glowing and diamond of that. She was phenomenal in this tournament. Mina Shirakawa, like the way she's found this niche of just destroying people's knees. That match with Julia, which again, one we didn't mention, her match with Marai, a match we didn't mention, Amisori, Natsupoi, where she's just absolutely disintegrating people's knees and working on them relentlessly. And that match with Amisori at Corican, like Amisori's best match, in my opinion, and just an example of how well Mina is able to carry a match. Now, it's not a case of Mina's being carried to a good match. She is delivering good matches at her pace, and that's fantastic yeah. to see. Um, obviously, Suzu Suzuki, absolutely incredible. Hannon, I gave her a B+. Um, I know B is not a letter in her name, so I can't sing it, but <laughs> <laughs> she was another one who was so helped by the fact that she was in there with the likes of Julia, Mayu, Natsupoi. Um, her match with Mayu, I thought, was really, really good. She never quite breached that like four, four and a quarter stars, but she constantly had really solid and enjoyable undercard matches. And I think that is really, really, really important. And again, I can see this being not necessarily a breakout tournament, but the start of something with Hanan, which is. Absolutely amazing. And then finally, Mariah, who again, I mentioned before, I just cannot believe how much she has grown as a competitor in such a bafflingly short amount of time. Absolutely incredible. Um, Matt, is there anyone you want to highlight in particular in blue block?
0: I'm just going to piggyback off you. Yeah. Poor um, I, 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 I know like when these shows came out, I needed to stay on top of it or else I would have fell behind. And a lot of these shows, I was a few days ahead of you. So I would kind of give you a heads up like, Oh boy, what's going on? Poor not boy. And then, like, Hazuki had the singles match and then they had the tag match almost like within like a week or two of each other. Yeah, they did. And I think you sent me a text message and I, I think you said, Can I copy and paste this and use this on the podcast? Like, absolutely. And your text message read something along the lines of Did support hit Hazuki's dog? <laughs> <Something>. <laughs> but, yeah, she just got the, the bejesus beat out of her, considering the fact that like it has got a gorgeous face and she just letting people just destroy her face, like just with these kicks and these slaps and whatnot. Um, yeah, Mina Shirakawa. Again, you talked about the the work on the legs. Not only that, Rob, but like she goes to the figure four, and if somebody wasn't tapping, they would go to the ropes. And when they would get to the ropes, they would use the corner, the turnbuckle, to help pull themselves up. And Mina's striking has improved so much. And they, she was smart by she was showing videos of her at like an MMA gym or a Muay Thai gym working on her elbows and working on her kicks. So I was like, okay, we know that's going to be – she wouldn't be posting that on social media – um, where she has a ton of followers, which she's capitalizing on the medium smart, if she wasn't going to be throwing some kicks uh, and improving your strikes. So and we saw on the first night with Momo, but what I'm getting at is her opponent gets to the turnbuckle to get out of the, uh, to climb up from the figure four. And their back is towards Mina. Mina does this. It's almost like a signature now. Mina does a running, rolling elbow to the back of the neck and then a draping DDT. So like, not only have I been breaking down your knee, now you left me open so I can go to your neck. And it's very similar to the psychology that she used to beat Kamatani. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was that was just a genius thing. And of course, yeah, and I mean, just absolutely fantastic. I thought her best matches with Julia. I thought she really showed up and brought up her game for every match. But that just goes to show we saw Julia do this with Miyu Amasaki. Is you know, they're putting Miyu in there with Utami and Tam and like the bigger stars. But Julia does something so well, where as a main eventer, she's able to take somebody either at the lower end of the card or the middle of the card and bring them up, where she gives them just enough offense not to bury herself, but enough offense to make it look like, okay, I had to beat somebody. So that's another great characteristics that they're going to be getting out of Julia when once once we get this uh, this title run. But yeah, and Sayeda looked uh, looked great as well. Even though Sayida and Hana only finished with four points, again, I gave them an A and a B plus respectively respectively, excuse me, because I thought they had two fantastic tournaments.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sayreda was, it was, it was one of those tournaments very similar to Hanan how she would constantly have like really good matches, but once it didn't quite reach like four stars, four and a quarter stars if we're talking about star ratings, not because she's not very good, but obviously because, you know, she was on the undercard only right. had a certain amount sure. of time and things like that. But again, she is, Still, presumably, going to have a really good showing for Wing Gory in the tag um, tag league. Hopefully, he says. Um, before we sign off, then Matt, let's do let's finish with our five top nights. Um, so, if you want to go through and give us your five top nights, and then uh, I'll do the same.
0: I'll tell you when they're good. So, yes, uh, quickly, uh, night number two, uh, um, July thirty first was number five um night number the first Corkin. uh night number five which would, would be my number four uh, excuse five and four getting confused my number four <laughs> is night number five from the 11th of august number three would be night number one seven thirty, um july 30th and then we go to uh day 18 um that was which was i can't believe they ran a show noontime in cork and holland drew like 1300 people crazy the date of that was the twenty third of September. And then to the shock of no one, I'm sure we have the same um the same number one would be the final uh, night number twenty on the first of October, Zumi's birthday.
1: You will be very unsurprised, I'm sure, dear listeners, that I have very similar picks. Um <laughs> number five for me is night five, the first Corican. I thought just top to bomb. It was a fantastic show. Um in fourth, I had night two. Um, from the 31st of July, main evented by that Utami and Suri match. Night one is at number three. Um, and then my two top two are exactly the same as you. Number two is night 18, and our top one is the finals, which was again just perhaps top to bottom the best wrestling show I've seen in a good while, maybe ever. There is no is the, bad matches.
0: Is, is that the greatest stardom show you've ever seen? Because I've literally seen five or six stardom shows this year where I'm like, that's the best stardom show. No, that's the best stardom show. Is this, those the finals. Is that the best stardom show you've ever seen from top to bottom?
1: Five-star match at the top. Three, no, two, sorry, four and a quarter, four and three-quarter star matches. This emotion Two different levels of emotion in the Mayu and Starlight Kid match. Pardon me, the Julia and Suzu-Suzuki match. The story still ongoing between Hazuki and Momo Watanabe and how Hazuki still can't get the Momo Watanabe monkey off her back. You've got story, you've got fantastic in-ring action. Yeah, probably. I'd argue that when it comes to our end-of-year awards, I would be amazed Unless they blow it out of the water with their Dream Queendom show, which is... They can't. They
0: can't. That's the thing. They really which can Which they
1: I probably will. <laughs> I'd argue this has got to be... This is 1A or 1B, surely on people's show of the year poll. I would have thought,
0: anyway. Buddy, what was your number three? Because I think we have the top one, two, and three. Was number three your night one? It was indeed, yes. Yeah, I won two and three of the same.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> it's not surprising, but like, you know, honorable mentions, like night sixteen was fantastic um from the eighteenth of September with Suzu Suzuki versus Momo, Saikamatani versus Mirai. Um there was two Korakans, I believe. Night nine was really good. and uh, night thirteen was really good with Julia and Mayu. Um, yeah, there was literally there aren't many really poor nights. I think like there was the odd one where there was a couple of okay matches, but for the vast majority, most of the nights are pretty damn good, Matt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really well, really well. Well, Mr. Rob Goodwin, um, is there anything that you want to say? I kind of want to give the listeners, they hug in for us for about two hours now. I want to give them a little treat and tell them what we have coming up in about two weeks. So is there anything else that you want to talk about before I give them their reward for hanging out with us for two hours?
1: Um, I'll do the plugs once you've given them the uh, the news.
0: Okay, and then plug it, then tag me back in, and I'll do the finish. But the news is we have scheduled our first interview, which will be taking place in about two weeks' time. We will be interviewing the voice of New Japan Wrestling and the man that commentated the fantastic Tokyo Dome match between the MK Sisters and Sayaka Kamatani and Tam Nakano. We'll be interviewing one Kevin Kelly.
1: Yeah, extremely exciting news. Um, so, obviously this is just before the rumble on 44th Street. We're hoping to get that done, I think, on the 17th of October. Are we recording that, map?
0: That is the date that we're all penciled in, but as always, cards subject to change. I know we're all locked in and Fingers crossed that it'll go through because we're. Uh, that's the the new me and Rob. Once well, one thing me and Rob have talked about uh, with Rob coming back to the podcast is we want to start doing more interviews with people. And I'm very lucky that I have a lot of connections to a lot of places. And it's something uh, that I know me and you have talked about doing. And that will be our first one. So hopefully that's going to be one of many. But yes, that is locked down for um, the 17th of October.
1: So if you've got any questions, and we will put something up on Twitter. um, If you've got any questions for the voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Kevin Kelly, then please make sure to leave them on our Twitter and we'll ask him all of your questions. Um, In the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed the near two hours, maybe even past two hours um, of just general chit chat between us. We really do thank you for hanging on in there with us. Um you can follow us on Twitter at the Cast, same with Facebook. Make sure you check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the Cast. We have got a brand new website as well, www.thestardomcast.weebly.com, dot com, which has got all of our podcast episodes and Patreon exclusive episodes as well. Um, it's got the results for our annual awards, our merch. It's got all this stuff about stardom as well. How do you watch the history, the championships, the tournaments and regularly updated roster and faction pages as well. For those who are trying to get into stardom but find it a little bit tricky, make sure to go and check that out. Um, you can talk to me on Twitter at Real Rob Goodwin And Matt, where can they find you? And throw us off the air, my friend
0: absolutely you can find me at matt turner of on the instagram and or the twitter and thanks to everyone for all the uh, patreon and support as in the month of october we will be doing a goddess of uh, tournament goddess of stardom tournament theme and the two for the white belt and red belt tier members i will be doing the 2019 winners tam nakano and arisa hoshinki which i know make a lot of people on our discord happy and also the 2020 winners Momo Wantanabe and Azumi. So that's what's coming down the pike for October. For the Red Belt tier Patreon members, the Watch Along, which is getting a lot of uh praise. And I thank everybody for those. I really enjoyed doing them. It's just me watching wrestling, talking about like psychology. So, you know, why wouldn't I love doing it? Uh coming up on this net We just released uh Mayu versus Utami, the finals from 2018. And the next one, uh, we're going back in the time machine, not too far, uh, just a few months as World Climax Night Two. Jerry defends the Red Belt versus Mayu Iwatani and I will basically tell everyone why I absolutely love that match and hopefully you shall too but uh, yeah that's it guys thank you everybody so much Rob I absolutely love this so great having you back um, because like I said before it's not just my podcast it's our podcast because we're all in this together and because everybody's different everybody's special thank you everybody so so much greatly appreciate it